0: afford to be polarizing we can't afford to be isolating we can't afford to I don't got no female friends like I don't have individuals like that in my space but I hear when people say that and it makes me cringe like because my circle of brothers and sisters have really 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 been my life vest through the worst of times
1: Peace and light, y'all. You are listening to another episode of The Spiritual Homegirl, where we discuss all things regarding self-development and bettering your spirit, but from the homie perspective. Somebody who's going through the journey day by day, just like you. Hey, y'all. It's your girl, Maria, The Spiritual Homegirl, and we are back with another episode of The Spiritual Homegirl podcast. Now, before we get started, you know I cannot do anything on this show without giving you all a note of gratitude for checking it out. Out of the tens and thousands of podcasts that are in podcast land, you choose to limit me your ears for about an hour or so once a week. And I really do appreciate that. I feel like I've gotten into some great opportunities um, a lot lately. Like, they seem like this year has kind of been um, very special for Spiritual Homegirl. And I know that it's all because of you all, because it's all started from a podcast. So thank you so much. Like, for real. I hella appreciate it. But... Uh, moving along, this week's episode is Goddess Wisdom. And I'm really excited. It's been a while since I've done a Goddess Wisdom episode. I've done Elder's Wisdom. I've done OG Wisdom. But um, this is my first Goddess Wisdom episode that I've done in about... Ooh. About a year? A year and a half. Wow. A year and a half ago. And um, the person that is the... um. The person I interviewed for this episode is very, very special. And it's it's something, it's something, as she would say, kismet, as you'll hear in the episode, about Inga Willis. And Inga is quite frankly the shit. Like it, like think of a really dope homegirl who knows her stuff in the boardroom, business-wise. She creates, like, solutions, but then she can kick it. Y'all can talk music. You can talk just really cool. Like, she's down to earth. Like, she's just a really cool person. I mean, she's hella involved in the community. She's a graduate of Howard University, and if she hears it, she's going to probably correct me, so let me correct myself now. The Howard University, the Mecca, as she says. So she got very um, – she's very involved in – She's a person that is genuinely for the people. I know sometimes people can attempt to be for the people with an agenda or they're for the people when it's convenient or they're for the people with respect to getting accolades and recognition and things like that. And Inga doesn't move like that. Inga been in the streets. Inga been doing this for a very long time. And with that level of experience and with that uh, versatile skill set and with moving with such integrity, she obviously has – story to tell so I wanted to share that story with you all and if anybody has a woman or honestly it's, it's, it's universal but when it comes to advice and getting through things sometimes it's or advice in general sometimes it's best received by someone that you can identify with so whether it's you know getting a therapist that might you know be black or be brown or whether it's talking to somebody who has some sage advice that looks like you or has personality traits like you, or might be a woman or a man like you identification. That's really important when it comes to, um, taking certain advice. Sometimes I know sometimes, you know, people kind of look at the messenger and they don't want to hear the message, but when it's everything that you're looking for, when it looks like you, when it acts like you, when it talks like you, when it relates like you, it's easier to, want to hear, honestly, and Inga has a lot of wisdom this episode. When I say this is, like, super, I've been, low-key, I've been trying to get to Inga for a minute, I can't even lie, because Inga is a person I looked at and was like, yo, again, it goes back to the identification piece, like, I hella identify with her, and the way, and I hate to sound cliche, but the way the universe lined up, that's exactly how it went down. I said, I would love to just talk with her one day, really, I really would, and Luckily, there were some mutual friends um, that were in, in the mix. And next thing you know, I got to interview her. So for those who are in a place of life, who are open to hearing some, some real good, wise advice, who might be going through some things or might be needing a solution or just trying to figure out how do I, how do I get out of or how do I reframe my thinking or how do I get out of this rut that I'm in, This is gonna be the episode. I wouldn't call this goddess wisdom for nothing. So with that being said, I will let Inga tell you her story and why she is that damn dope. Enjoy. Peace y'all, I am talking to the Inga Willis. How are you?
0: Hi, I'm awesome. How are you?
1: I am really excited. For those who don't know, I've been, like, low-key, like, scoping Inga for, like, almost a whole year. And I was like, yo, she seems really, really fucking dope to, like, talk to. And I was like, I don't know how I'm going to talk to her, but I, I want to talk to her one day. And then the universe put a gang of people in my circle that knew her. Like, not, like, just, like, knew her, like, on the surface, but, like, really fooled with her. So I was like, oh, this is, okay, cool. now I realize she was open to interview, and I was like, hell yeah. So... <laughs> I finally get to. you don't understand, like, like she's, like, OG out here in so many different areas. And the reason why I wanted to interview her is because the way I like to do spiritual homegirl with being just so down to earth and being um, from a just-like-you perspective, I feel like Inga is the same way, but Inga does a lot of, like... I'll let her tell you her story. But for those who may not know, who is Inga Willis?
0: Oh, wow. I am... I'm just a vessel. I'm just a fruit of good stuff, and uh, from really good roots. I'm Southern, I was born and raised in Atlanta, and uh, have a heart for the community and a mind for business. I guess that's the best way to sum that up. My story might take all day I started young. So.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, I got time, so <laughs> how young, how young was it when your
0: story started, how were you? My career started professionally, I was in the 12th grade. I was in high school. So, what's that, 18? Yeah. Okay. So I started in the music business at 18. I kind of knew that's what I wanted to go into. I was always a pretty solid writer. Um, I'm left-handed. That worked for me. I loved music. So I was always looking for outlets. So I knew it was something creative. And so it ended up being a desire. And then God just kind of lined it up. And I met Some iconic people when I was in the 12th grade. I started working and it took off from there.
1: So Inga's in the 12th grade. What high school you went to? Paideia. Paideia?
0: Yep. I went to a private school by Little Five Points.
1: Oh, I know where thats Mm-hmm. I'm tripping.
0: Okay. It's like a hippie school, really. So I was listening (laughs) to everything from Nirvana to... um, real hip-hop, you know? But I I gained an appreciation for all types of music. My dad was a jazz collector as a hobby. My mother, a creative writer as a hobby. So it was always music in the house. And then with my school environment, I was typically one of very few African-American students. We listened to everything. I listened to what they listened to, and they listened to what I listened to. So my love of music in high school was pretty severe.
1: So who would you end up meeting in the 12th grade. Now I'm trying to think. I'm not trying to. to Don't do it.
0: No. Don't even do it. <sighs> Don't even do it. I'm
1: thinking about the Atlanta scene around that time. Sure. So I'm thinking what? LaFace, Soso yeah. so Deaf.
0: Mm-hmm. You had LaFace, <sighs> you had Soso so Deaf, you had Dallas Austin. Yeah. You had all of these camps that were emerging. Um, and so what you did to get on in Atlanta was you did the talent show circuit. So there would be like three to four talent shows every week. So one night you would be at a place called Teddy's Live and you might see a young usher or everybody was out there performing because the labels would come and you could get signed from talent shows. So you had skating rinks and a talent show circuit. Um, but my sister, my half sister at the time, um, she worked in radio at b 103 and it was Juneteenth. A minute ago. And uh, we ended up at this B-103 Juneteenth event. And i met TLC there. And that's how I got started. Lisa walked up to me and was like, yo, I heard you were dope. I'm looking for an artist. Here's my number. Call me. And the rest is history.
1: Wow. So you must have been making some noise if, like, Lisa left Al Lopez. It's like, yo, I heard about you. I heard you dope. And he walked up to you and was like, I'm looking for artists. You know what I'm saying? Like, how? I mean, how'd that make you feel? You know, knowing that you know you was were you working? The, you were working the talent circuit, correct? Talent show circuit. I was, doing the, I
0: was doing the talent show circuit because you had to. I didn't have any music of my own. I had a DJ though, and a gang of dancers, and um, so I would perform to MC Light, Queen Latifah, Pete Rock, and Seal's "Smooth Instrumentals." And um, I had seen TLC on TV one day, and I said, I really want to work with them. About a month later, it happened. So it just – things can just be very kismet sometimes.
1: The way that manifests – sheesh. You are manifesting like a mug. Early. So you're 18, so she walks up to you. So then what happens after that? Because at this point, were you going to – you're Howard
0: graduate, correct? I was graduating high school, and (laughs) – I had chosen Howard. I was going to be a freshman at Howard in the fall. Yes. So it was a part of my deal that I could keep the record deal as long as I stayed on the dean's list at Howard. So my parents did that. And I did.
1: Let me make sure I got this right. So the, de- the record deal stipulation was as long as you not only stayed in school, but you had to hit dean's list yes. at Howard, in order to maintain the contract?
0: Yes, they were unimpressed um, <laughs> by the deal. They were about that education. And um, so let me say that again. They wanted me to gain my education in tandem with pursuing my dreams. So that was our deal. And I kept my end of the bargain, and they let me live. Otherwise, they would have just chopped it. That was dope. So, and I knew they meant it. So I did my part.
1: That's a really, um, that's hella dope. I've never heard of it like that. Like I remember hearing about like Roxanne Shantae and you know her, I guess, getting to pay for school, but I've just never heard of saying not only, you can do both. Like sometimes parents make you choose one or the other. So that's really dope that your parents were like, you know what, you can do this, but you're also gonna do this too.
0: Yeah, and I come from a very education-based family So I'm the abstract entrepreneur. I'm the different one. I'm the artistic one. So we had to find a happy medium to support each other's vision for me, I I guess. guess. And we did. But when I got to, I wasn't special. I I thought I was. I was like, I'm cute. I got a deal. I'm winning. I'm coming out of one school environment. I'm going into the Mecca. Right. This is awesome, and but I got there, and about six or seven people had deals, and AJ was interviewing people in front of the school of business for his little TV show, and people were kind of getting into their careers at that time. We were just young, so it was like a it was a good challenge for me to step my game up because I thought I had, I I mean I was feeling myself yeah. when I got there. I'm rolling with TLC. I got the deal. I'm like, Psh, this is. I'm right by New York. I'm in D.C. This is awesome. I'm traveling on the weekends. I'm recording. That's when music had big budgets. So the bar was set high. But I was experiencing music and the Mecca in tandem, which was pretty dope.
1: So what did you end up studying when you ended up going to Howard?
0: I studied film and business. Hmm. I wanted to pick something that correlated with so I was in the school of communications, but I needed something that went with what I was doing in music so that I could stay on this dean's list and maybe pick up a skill set. Right. That part, because I had to didn't want to cut off the, you know, right. the dream. Um, but I picked up a few skill sets there. So I'm glad that I not only chose there, but chose to do both at the same time.
1: So now Inga was 18, got a deal, got the contract that says she has to be on the dean's list. So was there anything that was going on during school that, that maybe had been a challenge or had been a situation where you're like, oh, shit, I might not be on dean's list? Or was it like a struggle? Like, did you have to come to Atlanta for anything? Like, was there anything that you went through with respect to education and the deal?
0: You know, I have classmates who lost parents. Um who really experienced monumental losses in school. Uh, So I'd be remiss to say that things that I encountered could even equate to that type of reality because a lot of kids had to push their way through school and weren't in my situation. They were working a job or two. You know, they lost a parent, things like that. My struggle was balance and probably still is. So on Fridays, I would leave class and fly to either Atlanta, New York, or L.A. and record from Friday until Sunday. And then I would take the red eye back to D.C. on Monday mornings. I would land at 8. And I would go to class. So my hurdles were balance. Um, Did I almost not make the deal? Well, I mean, yeah, yeah, I, I struggled. Uh, I I was online. Um, out of nowhere comes this urge to add something else to my plate, which I'm known for. Um, and I said, I, I want to be an Alpha cap Alpha woman. It hit me out of nowhere. Wasn't expecting it. But once it hits, it, it just hits. So on top of all of that, I'm online. So, yeah, my grades were definitely a struggle for a smooth year and some change. But I did it. So now
1: after, so now I guess we have an issue of balance and you're working to maintain the balance. So when you graduated, what ends up happening next?
0: (laughs) Um, It's so funny. I'm laughing not because, I'm laughing because I rarely just walk through it step by step. Um, I left, I graduated school. I came back to Atlanta and I went back to work. I started Um, I became a songwriter with Dallas Austin. I had a few placements. Um, I did the Donald Jones record right out of school. And that ends up going number one. So by next homecoming, my record is popping. So I'm like, yes. You know, so I grew from being an artist to pursuing songwriting or other parts of the industry because I saw. After watching TLC go through what they went through, I saw that things can change really fast and you have to master a skill set that can become a chameleon of trends, but not in a trendy way, but in a way to be able to endure the trends. Because if you don't, the trend will make you irrelevant and obsolete because you're so focused on things happening in just one way. So you might not believe people when they come to you If you've been selling CDs out the trunk, you might not believe somebody when they come to you and say, you know, I got this technology that can do a digital download. And if that doesn't make sense to you, like, get out of here. And then the music industry is on its ass because downloads replaced record sales and record stores and how we got paid. Got it.
1: So, um... Well, that was going to lead me to my next question. I was going to say, well, now that you out of school, you know, and you have now started moving within different roles in the industry from artist mm-hmm. to songwriter. So let me think. The Donnell Jones record, I feel like, and again, I, I wasn't there, so I don't know. It's okay. It seems like right after a couple years after that, it seems like that's when everything kind of changed. Like the CD burners mm-hmm. and then the, like, line wires and – all that other stuff and Napster. I'm, yeah, Napster was before then, right? Mm-hmm. So like, when that happened, were y'all like tripping it at, at the time? Did y'all realize that that was actually the potentially the future of where the industry was going?
0: I don't think that when you're in it, whatever you're in, whatever your thing is, I think it's a skill set and a gift to be hyper conscious and have like a panoramic view of what's happening, because you can kind of just be absorbed in your cocoon, or whatever your environment is to create what you create. And artists are pretty insular and creatures of habitat. So we create our habitat wherever we go. But you can be so isolated in this room with no windows and just pure sound. No. You're just creating to give your art to the world as your expression. You're not thinking about sustainability trends or interruptive technologies or... Even business concepts, really. So another reason I'm thankful that I studied while I was growing in that way because my mind was exposed to what makes anything function. And that's business at its core of any industry. So no, nobody saw it coming. Nobody. Except the people who own the technology. (laughs) Okay? Right. So...
1: Everyone's in their bubbles, which makes sense. Everybody's doing their thing. They're just creating as normal. Where was the shift where, you, where y'all or even yourself was like, all right, this, something ain't right
0: with this shit. Like something's different. My checks changed. Damn. So when you write a song, um, you really don't get paid until a year after the song is released because they have to calculate how many times it was played on the radio, how many times it's been on TV. You know, they calculate that there's a formula. So you really don't get paid. When you hear a hit record on the radio, that writer is not gonna get paid typically for a year from that moment. Yeah. So there's a wait. So I just started noticing the gaps. Okay, when do I get paid? And so my question became, how do I fill in the gaps? What do I do to fill in the gaps? And so that's when I started consulting. I was one of the few in school, so people would ask me questions. Can you look at this contract? What do you think about this? What do you think about that? And I'm like, I think they call this consulting, so let me get $300 for that. Let me get $500 for this. And I'm like, if I get five people like that a month, I'm straight. Then by the time my publishing check comes, I'm Gucci. So I was just trying to remain an entrepreneur.
1: Okay, I'm glad you went right into that because... Like, the gap. So, like, how did you start the consultant business? Was it like, all right, like, wait, I went to school. I can actually make some money for this. Like, how did you... Because some people, they feel conflicted when it comes to selling or when it comes to consulting. So, are you have you always been a person that's like, yo, like, fuck that. I'm, like, you're going to run me my coins for this skill set. Or did you have to... Oh, so have you always been that way?
0: Inside. In my inside voice, yes. I had to, like, <laughs> create that reality. But... Once I knew that my skill set had value, I knew that I could... Well, I didn't have a choice. It was either not be able to survive the droughts or learn to fill in. If I'm only getting paid from music publishing, I don't get paid until a year after I have a hit record. And then I only get paid quarterly. So if you have a big record, you're going to get a nice check. If you own... If the business has been handled, let me put it that way. Right. <laughs> so how do I fill in the blank? So I started the Mogul Group in 2004. And, um, and that was really after people asking me questions or opening up to me and talking to me and, and me saying, you know, you might want to think about this. Or have you thought about this? Or have you heard of this concept or theory? Or be simple things like, can you set up my business? Sure. I didn't even know how to do that, I went and learned. So I would just seize the opportunity and then figure out how to do it, if I didn't know. Did you ever
1: feel like you took a, a gig or a, or a client on that might have been more than what you could have handled? You know, like sometimes like biting off more than you can shoot, like seizing the opportunity being like, oh wait, can I do this? I always had
0: a great team. So I was never alone in it. Um, I was always surrounded by and still am surrounded by people who are brilliant in their own spaces and so much better than me at certain things that, no, I always knew and I learned this at Howard that if I cannot figure it out, I need to be around people who are smarter than me and I need to know when to ask for help. So I never, I couldn't afford to turn down the business. I was like, we're not turning down anything but my collar. And I'll just figure it out. So that's how I built my first client base. And did I get it perfect? No. Um, Was it flawless? No, but I was fearless. And I was as excellent as I could be.
1: I like that. It wasn't flawless, but it was fearless. So just, I just want to take a side question. So for those who are listening who are on the fence and they're timid, what advice would you give them to encourage their inner warrior? Because it sounds like you've you just been like TTG, well, trained to go, y'all, sorry. Like you've always been like, like, let's get it, let's get it, let's get it. So for those who are kind of like, I don't know, like what would you tell them to kind of help motivate them to be just as fearless?
0: Well, I'm a cancer with the Leo rising, so I, ain't I don't ever remember fear. I don't. There's maybe two things I'm, like, afraid of, but that'll be, like, flying water bugs down in Savannah, and um, I don't love extreme heights, but I'll endure them. But other than that, it's whatever for me. But, again, like, I set out being the abstract one of my family, so I put the own pressure on my shoulders to make that work. Or Because if I didn't make that work, then what was I going to do? I knew it was my purpose. So I guess for anybody that's struggling, and we all struggle, like you never stop struggling. It's just what am I struggling with in this chapter? And sometimes the things get bigger or smaller, but they they remain. Um, I would say to them to zoom out, which is an exercise I do with my clients all the time, just zoom like zoom back from it and look at it from afar, from left to right, right to left, and figure it out from there. It's hard to problem solve and build pathways in the middle of chaos. But progress can always be found on the other side of chaos. So if you just zoom out on it and like look at where you are from afar visually, you can see it better and you can say, okay, I need to be accountable for this. This isn't working. This is smart. This is foolish this is backwards and kind of grind your way out from there but um if you don't have the ability to pivot reinvent get down to the bottom of the bottom before you have to figure out that it's not going to fall out but but you have to even feel it shaken if you're not equipped to do that then you're not equipped to become an elite entrepreneur
1: Sorry, y'all. I was over here taking hella notes. I literally had to write down that Zoom exercise. That's a really good idea. Like, damn. Sorry, I just got. Sorry, I just got a little. Uh, like, I'm but really that, sitting here. Like, again, that's dope. Like,
0: again, my, well, let me say this. My mother had malignant melanoma and wasn't supposed to. They think they gave her like four months or something like that. So, my mother's. Still kicking it right now, amazingly. But I grew up in a household with visualization exercises. Visualization was a part of our household meditation. And my mom meditated and yogaed her way out of cancer, no chemo. So I came up very organic, very picture it, visualize it, destroy the tumor with your mind type of vibe, and not a lot of TV. So that was normal for me to develop these coping mechanisms out here. And one of them was to be able to visualize the right thing to do. Even when I, like, couldn't... Then I'm a cancer, so I feel and then think. But even when my feelings couldn't figure it out, I could separate myself from the feeling of it and figure out what to do. So I think for anybody struggling, you have to figure out you know, first, do you have a good idea? It's not a shortage of ideas out here. You know, um, do you inspire? Does your idea have an identity that you can attach to it? And can you make it influence anything? So those are my four eyes.
1: Y'all don't understand how happy I am right now. When I was talking about the game, the game right now, like, I feel like even during playback, I'm going to probably, I, I know I am. I'm going to probably run this back. So for those who are listening to this, if you need to pause and get a piece of paper and run those two minutes back and write it down, oh hush it. please do. I'm serious. This is dope. Okay. So now what I've seen you on recently has been She Muggle,
0: correct? Yeah. Well, I've always had, so the vision for the mogul group was obviously a group of moguls. Um, And back to your original question When I named the company I had a vision of A group of people like me That were all super dope That made it sound like I think I'm dope And I do, but that's not how I meant it But I am dope <laughs> And that's the other advice, you better know it okay? Um, but to surround myself with people Who were As passionate and deep in the vibe of what they did is what I do, and then we just collaborate. I got the model for that from Queen Latifah, building Flavor Unit, and that was one of my greatest inspirations. That's how I knew you could be artistic and business at the same time, and build a dope partnership that could endure. So I knew I needed more people than me. So, SheMogul is my handle, my professional handle on Instagram. Mogul Brokers with an S.com is my website. So everything is mogul affiliated. But another definition of mogul was a bump in a ski slope. And when I saw that, I knew I had chosen the right concept because that's that bump in the road. That's that dip, the unexpected, oh, shit, you know, the the things you can't see coming. But you got to just, like, keep going. So I was like, Everything I do will have that resonate through it. So if you see SheMogul, that's me.
1: <laughs> so there was one thing I wanted to ask you. It just, it just left me. Nope, I'm going to ask this, and I'm going to come back to that. Mm-hmm. So you, had a, um, you, you did, was it your event, what event? the HIV event? No, I, um...
0: so I do a lot of community work. that's always been at my core too service so my journey has been about making the different branches of my tree go together so I've always been a community activist my parents are activists politics has always been a part of who I am music was completely separate her name was Nandi you know I've been trying to go by just Inga Willis for a minute but I walk down the street and somebody will say, Nandy I'm like, Okay, this person really knows me from like a chapter of my life and uh so Inga Nandi Willis encompasses everything. But um I don't know. What else did you want me to answer?
1: My bad. I meant to ask about Well that that actually answered it. That the community service question.
0: Oh no, so the HIV event was put on by the Wilton County Board of Health and Carrie Hilson is one of my clients and my very good friend. So one of the services I offer from the firm is aligning people's brands with platforms. So she's always come through for me. She's from the east side. I'm from Southwest. I'll we'll talk about that later. <laughs> um, but anytime I need anything for community, Carrie has always shown up for me. So they were interested in her participating in the Stop HIV Atlanta, and she is passionate about the topic. So that was what the connection was. So they started a campaign to increase awareness, and it's just a conversation people aren't having enough in Atlanta, and we are one of the, I I mean, it's astonishing. Yeah. So that's how we got there, but we're always in these community streets. That's how we stay blessed. Did y'all hear that?
1: Be in these community streets, making a difference. I think that's also good in terms of, like, putting out good energy. You know, you, you put out good, you'll get good. But just make sure that you're putting out good with pure intentions if you really want to help people. I mean, what do you think about that, though, Inga? Like, do you, do you believe in karma in that aspect?
0: Oh, yeah. My life is kismet. So I'm have sometimes it can get so dark working for yourself and – Or chasing this dream that you have It it can be isolating Um, You spend a lot of time alone To make it happen You sacrifice your time You're way past your 10,000 hours You know, you're you're in it But being selfless Allows you to sustain Like a lot of people hit the quick lick But if I can look in my rearview mirror And and the people that I came up with in the business, we started as kids, really. But if I look at who is still relevant, thriving, and winning, even now, they are individuals who have given, mentored, taught, just shown up. They seem to have a different type of favor on their pivot than other people, so yeah, I do believe in it tremendously, because you can get so self-centered. It's It has to do with personality, which is why partnership is important, too, because you need to partner in your dreams with people who offset the worst of you and give you the space to bring out the best in you as well. Um, but we're in a different Time moves differently now, like everything's so immediate, fast, and people I run into or you know I think a lot of people feel like you have to get to a certain point before you can help anybody um or other people may feel like they it's you know me me me, 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 instead of community, so I'm happy to see Wakanda kind of some people up. I'm like, oh, welcome. You know, come on, you know, we need to support black businesses. It's like, oh, okay, thanks. Come on, come on in. (laughs) We've been screaming about this forever, but I'm glad that people are changing their perspective. But I think what you do for others is certainly reflected in, because you need to catch so many blessings just to win. Like, I didn't do any of that. It just happened, but it happened because, I, I spoke into the universe with my character that it should, you know.
1: You here dropping gems, Angeline.
0: I started out as an MC, so. Bars.
1: Bars. Bars. I still got them. <laughs> so what are you currently working on now? Because clearly you're out here moguling. So
0: what is the mogul up to these days? These days, I am... In a really good space, Um, I'm just really thankful for the ability to continue doing what I love to do, which is make good people excellent and help people find their inner excellence in business. Meet a lot of clients who are high-level executives, public speaking fears, or Candidates for office, they have hurdles. So the simplest way to put it is I identify problems and I provide the solutions. And a lot of times, which is how I started the business in the first place, oh, you can't do that contract? We got it. Oh, you know, but that now it's just on a larger scale. But it's the same. The principle is the same. And I've never had the opportunity to do it as intentionally as I wanted to because I was so busy I was traveling, I was on tour, I was never home, I was running, you know I remember one time we had to go from Atlanta to Tokyo Tokyo to Paris Paris to South Africa, South Africa to LA, LA back to Atlanta Like so there's so many years of my life that are blurred like that that this is the space of my life that I am intentionally working with who I want to work with, how I like to work with my system, and creating Kismet moments for other people now.
1: For those who don't know what Kismet means, what is Kismet is that mean? word for the day? Yes. So how for many those, <laughs> I, said? I think like. I'm
0: gonna give y'all a new word
1: in a minute. Off record, I think like two. On record, about four.
0: <laughs> so <laughs> what I mean by that is just you said something about the universe earlier like you just have to know that that you're surrounded by energy and ancestors and all of these things that are just happening that you can't see but if you just acknowledge them you know they help So that's what I mean. I don't think I really had anything to do with the divine moments that I've experienced in life other than showing up at the right time. But that's what I mean. So I would see something and then it would happen. You know? So kismet means, you know, it's meant to be. It's your destiny, it's your fate.
1: So, for those who need to run that back, get a new word in your life, kismet is the word. So, basically, Inga Willis is, like, you're right. You are legit the abstract entrepreneur. Like, they're really, (laughs) like, I'm just thinking, like, even on some intro shit, like, I'm just trying to think, like, I couldn't even... Put, like, because normally you can say, Oh, this person's a so so-and-so, 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 and so, or so and so, and so and so, but you're probably the, the most non boxed guest I've had. So, like, going through life and not being a person that fits in boxes, like, was that like a struggle at all? Because this society is so boxy sometimes.
0: Hmm. I guess that's why you create your circle. You, I, don't, I don't think so. I think people underestimate. You're left-handed, right? hmm People underestimate the skill sets you develop being left-handed. When you're left-handed, not only does your brain work differently, um, and yes, I'm repping for the lefties right now. Me too. Because if I don't, who will? Okay. <laughs> um, but I run across a lot of left-handed people in, in the creative spaces. But you get used to adjusting to things because nothing's really made for you. So even things like writing in a notebook or scissors are excruciating or, you know, I just planted a garden. I can't even use the gardening shears, you know, things like that. So you get used to struggle for a result in in so many things. I mean, have you found that like certain things are just more difficult? Desks aren't made for us. Um, notebooks. So our notebooks are, you know, you get ink all down. So you, you, <laughs> you grow up, like you're, you become programmed to self-adjust, if you will. And so I was, my, the house I grew, household I grew up in encouraged freedom. And freedom of religion, spirituality, as them being two different things. I went to the mosque with my homegirl down the street. I went to the temple with my Jewish homegirl from elementary school. So I didn't grow up in a very rigid, one way or the highway household. We had God, we also had the ancestors and water under the bed. And you know what I mean? Like, so it was a blend of good old Geechee ways and the environment my parents created so i think that gave me the batteries in my back to know that i was special unique and that was okay so i never really tried to conform to much of anything um but i'm I'm probably able to say that because i didn't take a corporate america route but if i had then i would have had to conform on other things now have i had to shape shift in situations absolutely um have there been difficult times? More than a few. But I've kind of always been authentically, I'm authentically set about being authentic about what I was doing. I knew I was a good writer. Like, there was nothing you could tell me about that. Could I become greater? Sure. But was I awesome? Absolutely. Um, and I just went with that and continued to study my crafts. And really, I knew that my biggest skill set and gift was really inspiring people. So it was just finding a way to do that that paid, to be quite honest. And about six years in, I realized that starving artists, for me, would have been a choice. And I had a mind and resources that I wasn't even tapping into. So instead of being so different that I was detached from things that could help me, I just started juggling like the Ringling Brothers Circus, like, okay, how do I make all this work together? And that was that. But I think conformity... See, I don't know what it's like to struggle with these things in this era of social media, and I know that it's different. We didn't have... You know, it's just... There's no privacy now. There's nowhere where to be imperfect. There's no where to lick your wounds and be flawed. There's only posted five minutes ago and curating moments and like staging happiness for show. And that's, these are the, these are the uh, departments that I do have difficulty with. So my greatest difficulties are probably more navigating than now. Than they were then. Then I was, I was living a dream. Right. I'm 18, 19, 20, 22. I'm cracking. I'm living my dreams. And until everything shifted, everything was gravy. So my most difficult mountains to climb have been in loss. And, um, but change has never been frightening for me. No. I mean, what what is there to be scared of? I don't understand why everybody's so scary. Why so goddamn scary? But be in church like every week, like come on, fam, like you've got faith or you don't, or you you with it, but you scared. Like I don't understand. I'm confused.
1: Well, that was a word. Sorry. That was a word. Damn. Okay. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that's fine, though. I mean, change, you're right. Change can be scary for a lot of people. Um, honestly, even adaptability and being able to shape shift, that can be scary. If you don't have a knowledge of yourself in terms of what you bring to the table or what you can navigate, that can be pretty scary. So,
0: Oh, yeah, it can be petrifying. It all comes down to how you've been loved and how you see things and how people have influenced and treated you in terms of who you become and how you cope. Because we all deal with the same stuff, but how you deal with it and how you look at it is really molded by how you've been loved and what you've seen as a reference point and how you deal with people. So everybody's not just going to deal with That's just how I am. They'll just choose not to work with you.
1: More bars. I'm sorry, y'all. Like, I'm taking a minute because literally, like, I'm like, I'm taking notes for myself. Like, okay, like, damn, maybe you got some skills.
0: I'm I'm nice with the pen. And you you so nice you it, nice. Like, for those who don't know, you know, I'm still a ghostwriter, just for others now. <laughs> but you know, I'm bringing you some of them hottest speeches. You checking for? <laughs> that might be me. It might be. You know,
1: maybe. It is for me. Like, y'all don't understand. I'm getting like all my life right now. Oh my God life. Cause y'all don't like, I told y'all in the beginning, I already knew she was dope. And then I got more confirmation. She was dope. So like, this is a thing for me. So like, I'm super, I'm super juiced. So Ingo, like what's next? Like you have clients, you're connecting platforms
0: with, with brands. And um, so here's the thing. If you are great, at something, or if you're good at something, take the, take the time and be humble enough to be a student in it to become great. For me, I love business. I love strategy, structure. I'm a nerd at heart. I'm a speed reader. I love information. So I love following how the world is shifting and changing and the scope of How things will remain because I've seen so many things. Everything goes in cycles. Music was just such a great foundation for me because everything just goes in cycles. So expecting that orbit, you know, like where are you in it? Um, Next for me is taking those that are good to great. I think that a lot of people are in transition. They're pivoting. And things that I have developed a mastery for are difficult for some other people. Whereas things that are easy for them are difficult for me. So I've just found a way to make my left-handedness and Southwest Atlantaness, work for me, my way. And I'm grateful for that. So I enjoy the projects that I'm working on now. I enjoy being a business owner and inspiring young entrepreneurs to really, really find their thing and Let me be clear. It looks easy. It's not. We make it look easy. And half the people you admire have struggled for 20 years or 15 or 10. Like, this is not instant grit. And if you have chips on your shoulder, you will shoot yourself in the foot. Because what you want is to align with footsteps that will let you walk through them. But if you choose not to be teachable, coachable if you know everything, even though you haven't done anything yet, then you're pushing greatness away from you. So I strive to build bridges with millennials. It's a good idea. It's a good idea. Does it inspire? Who do you inspire? How does that work? Figure out what your hurdles are and piece it together. So what's next for me is paying it forward into a new era of technologically sustainable business models. Because that's really the only way. Every time something has been derailed, it's been technology. That's a good
1: observation. So we might
0: as well just pay attention to it and see what it's doing. Right. And one last question. Sure. I meant to
1: ask this. You initially said that balance was Oh, still is. Still is. So, like, what are things that you do
0: to help you balance? I still don't have that figured out yet. Um, so I just want to be clear about that. That you're not always gonna figure things out. But I take more personal time now. I sleep more now. I came through the time of. You know, team no sleep. Like that's dumb. Um, I can't operate at my best if I'm. And I grind I, I grind it so hard for over a decade that like I don't have to prove my grind to anyone. I've already done that. And it's not necessarily a badge of honor, but it requires me now to be more mindful of taking breaks. Like Enjoying time with my friends and family. Things that I had to sacrifice to grow. Um, but I'm, I have no regrets. I've seen the world six or seven times. I've I've lived at least five or six lives. Just an experience, yeah. you know? And I don't mean that in terms of being better at somebody than something. But I mean in terms of things I've seen, people I've met, cultures I've run through fields with, and babies out on... Gave shoes to, like, I've seen poverty at its core. Mm. And I've climbed the Great Wall of China. and smelled the air. So, like, I've learned the connectivity of the world. And we're not so different. And it's not that serious. But what is serious is how you're going to get from where you are to where you want to be. And not harming people on the way. Because it will come back on you like a boomerang and you won't see it coming like technology because it it will come back and very few people are good to each other all the way through but I have an awesome circle of friends I mean I put them up against anybody straight up that continue to encourage me and we do it for each other so, you need a circle where you're getting poured into as well. Well, you're going to be tapped out.
1: That's facts. Mm-hmm. One more question. I'm sorry. It just came to me Go when ahead. you were talking about your friends. And so, I'm curious to know your thoughts on collaboration. Well, I don't even want to say collaboration over competition or collaboration with respect to competition. I'm getting a lot of different perspectives on it. Like, I think. I saw a post where they said, hey, collaborate over competition. Then um, I saw another account where they said, hey, that's BS. But then I'm like, you know, I have my own opinions, obviously, but what is your take on that? Because people are saying, yeah, that's true, you can collaborate, but at the same time, it, suppo- it supposedly is a competition to, to a degree. So I'm just curious to know your thoughts on that. Who am I competing with? I might not
0: understand your question.
1: Just the phrase of, cause I'm just gonna okay. I'll just spit my opinion out then. Cause I, I try not to with spiritual hunger. I try not to talk too much about what I believe in um, in others' interviews. But I personally thought, you know, there is no competition. Like when it comes to collaboration over competition, you know, I don't. I feel like I get the phrase of looking at your competitors. Yeah, but it's almost like the time mean, I spend looking you mean at them in industry. Yes.
0: Um, I think. I've learned. I don't think, I know. I've learned that we're in a really, really interesting time. This is quite a time to be alive. And so in my lifetime, this is the first time that black women have really been in season, like in a major way, black people, black culture. It was like that for a moment, and then it got interrupted by gangster rap and it changed the culture. So we went from African medallions and a native tongue family and black is beautiful and fight the power to other things and it lasted. So art pushes culture first and foremost. But in that push, you are surrounded by people who are also striving. You you will be in competitive situations, but you you learn Experience is just failure with a skirt on it. Like, it's graceful endurance. It's, it's, you, you gain experience by falling on your face and getting back up. And most people will quit. So if you're one of the few people that keeps going, that's it. But you'll meet soul connections along the way. And with those soul connections, you'll know and... of nothing is 100% of nothing. 30% of something that's winning is cash flow coming in. It's an expansion of platform. It's an opportunity. So you want to have 100% of nothing because this is the way you see it. And I don't want anybody to compromise my this and my that and whatever. And it's like, okay, but how's it going? And then even if you build this island of success, There will come a moment when you need someone else. So you want to make sure that you are cultivating, not isolating relationships along the way. Um, I've seen where the person you never thought was going to pop is popping in 10 years, cutting the checks, and you're in a trench. So now, can you collaborate now? Did you plant the right seed? Or are you at their mercy? And what type of character do they have? Are they gonna play you now and pay you back? Now that you're at your worst and nothing is popping, and you're trying to figure out whether you gotta go to the pawn shop or if you're gonna catch a blessing. You ha- and you will get there, and you'll be there more than once. And that's really when the good stuff starts happening. Like when you gotta go sell everything to get some money up because you wanna move to New York or something like that. Like that's when greatness happens. So collaborate. With like minded people that are better than you in spaces that feed your spirit and provide you with reciprocal opportunity. It's a terrible feeling to feel like you have given and not received. And never feel like you don't have anything to contribute because it's not just monetary. Mm -hmm. But I think people should collaborate back to the point of where we are in society right now that's how you build community and if I have a great idea and a way that I do things over here I have my method of doing things and it's like going in to co write a song, you're not going to catch a vibe with every writer in the studio but when you do it just clicks and the next thing you know y'all got a vibe and you just got to write songs together all the time and you find your soul connection in somebody, mm-hmm. you can't force it but I think collaboration is wildly beneficial. It also teaches you to be less self centered. And working with a team is, is one of the greatest things you can learn to do. You're not always going to be the star quarterback. That was,
1: that was, uh, again, it's like hella bars because the way I look at it too, it's like I don't. I've been told before. I think, okay, a lot of tea. So I was told to watch out for a particular, I guess, person. I said, well, and the thing is, I feel like everybody, there's room for everybody. You know, everything is not going to be of value to every listener, every Instagram account, whatever it is. So I believe that there's, you know, lanes for everybody, long-standing lane. You'll attract who you need to attract. So I remember seeing that. I thought it was so weird because... I didn't know people were still low key doing the competition thing against other people. Like I was just more so of as long as you focus on you and, you know, compete against who you were there before or six months ago or whatever, that should be the only competition when it comes to building yourself. Like it's kinda of hard to build yourself, but then you're looking at somebody else and you're taking time from building you to go look at what they building. So that's kinda of where I was going with the question.
0: I think it's I think it's natural to Observe what others are doing. But if if what you do is really unique, it takes a lot of your attention and time. Because nobody does it like you do it. But other people take inspiration. I see my quotes all the time on other people. It doesn't bother me any. It lets me know they're really good. You know? But you either have it or you don't. And if you have it, there's nothing that can quell that from emerging but you. And there are so many people struggling that the more you can come together on a vibe, which is why community is so important. If you get out here in these community streets, you'll learn how to work with people, not necessarily in a business competitive space, but in a... Part for the people way that lets you see who people truly are because they either show up or they don't. It's like, yeah, I leave, I Asking y'all to, you know, to just not going to come do anything for the kids. Okay, got it. it. It really shows you who people are. But it's organic. You can build amazing things with people, but you can't do anything if you don't have a vibe. You just can't. The vibe has to be there.
1: That's almost everything. Last and final question. Is there anything else that you want the world to know about Inga Willis?
0: I am no different from anybody else that has fought to become who they are. The only difference is I think that I've learned to Grow with grace and transform tragic situations into motivation and keep going. I don't know why, but that's just been my life thus far. I meet with a lot of millennials who are so eager and brilliant and gifted and grinding and scattered and impatient and dope that just haven't yet gotten to a space and it's difficult because of the tempo at the way that the environment around us goes where they can just let the universe do its job it's not going to pop in 24 hours It's it's going to take some work there are some software shortcuts but you know, it's going to take a minute. So I think that I am a reflection of what that can bring in terms of relationships that have lasted for 20 years professionally that I can still call friend. We made a lot of money together. We lost a lot of money together. We've been up. We've been down. But we've been real. And that's the uh, unique part of Atlanta that I love. And I'm just out here doing what I do. I love the fact that I can inspire people. And they walk up to me and say that. Public speaking is one of my favorite platforms. But last thing I would like to say is make sure you are well-mentored and coachable. And that doesn't just mean, like, hey, can you be my mentor? Like, that's not the way that it works. But make sure that you are attracting people who can change your life. Because you need an advocate, an ally, and an influencer. And if you're blessed to find them, don't, don't let that dissipate. You will always need them. So, to my young sisters out there, actually any age, you asked me a question earlier and I kind of danced around it, but how do you endure? Like, how do you become resilient? How do you become an overcomer? The grace of God and goddesses in my life that are like sisters, you know, I've been... my circle, we've been throwing back and forth the same couple of hundred dollars for so long that we don't know who owes who, but it's just out there for whoever may need it in the moment. And that's, the, like, that's what I mean, that, that God is power is a real thing. And if you find your tribe and feed them and they feed you and, and it's love as a verb, then you have the, regardless of how you've been loved, You have the environment to love you through where you are and who you are becoming. And without that, I believe that would just be catastrophic drought. But with the right energy around you, it feeds, it cultivates, it nurtures, it waters you when you're withering it. I view everything as almost like cultivating a garden. But now is the time for sisters to, we can't afford to be polarizing we can't afford to be isolating we can't afford to i don't got no female friends like i don't have individuals like that in my space but i hear when people say that and it makes me cringe like because my circle of brothers and sisters have really 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 been my life vest through the worst of times and they continue to come you just never outgrow shit happens phase. You don't. Like, don't think you're gonna get to a level and you'll know when you're fully grown into your grownness when cliches start becoming real. Like, more money, more problems. Like, you know, lay down with dogs, you get up with fleas. Like, you just start looking back, like, damn, my grandmama was right. Like, yeah. once those things start making sense, that's when you know you're grown. If you're still laughing at it, you're not there yet. But once you have an experience and you like, yeah, Ali, yeah,
1: I got a my grandma things.
0: was so right. I feel you. You know, things I can't share with you in the interview because they're inappropriate. But um, she's 100 and she speaks her mind. But she's typically always right. I think that as women, we have an obligation to feed each other and applaud each other. Be a good judge of character. Follow your instinct. But if you run across a soul connection, don't walk away from that because that can transform. That might be the inspiration for the idea that was just mediocre. Or that may be the influence for the pro, you know, those other components come in the forms of people who have resources. So if you're just pushing people away, you, you, you don't know what you're sending out the door. Everybody's not like you, and that's okay. So sisters have an obligation to really harness their feminine energy and use it for good. Because it's very, very powerful. I couldn't help but
1: laugh at that cliche because I literally got both of them. I had an example of both of those in the past year. More money, more problems, and then lying down with dogs. And, that
0: one right there, and getting up with fleas. That one, that one. That's the one right there. Yeah,
1: right. I, I was like, oh damn, like you don't keep reading me a little bit. Like, what you know about me? You heard something. So I just thought that was really because you're right. You're absolutely right. And then you think about all the times your grandma used to say, like little little things here and there, and you might have thought it was just old oh, folks talking, but that's you realize, wisdom, but right, it's wisdom. It's right.
0: Wisdom, but everybody has to walk through. The storm on their own to see what happens and some of us are hard-headed some of us are but we live our own lives and the only way to gain wisdom is to mess up hit a brick wall fall on your face love the wrong person have to rebuild yourself again and again you know pour your all into something for disappointment to happen and have to come back from that I'm like, damn, do I need to go apply for this job this week or am I going to grind this week out? But the first is coming up. So, you know, just having to operate in the survival mode, you don't want that to sharpen the way you interface with people who can maybe give you a light to help your ass get through the valley. You know, right. Like, I don't right. need your light. Yeah, you do. You need a high wattage bulb on the thing, too, because you can't see. You don't know what's going on. You you, you down there in the storm in the valley. Running in circles, you need somebody with a lantern at the end to say, come this way, I got you. But you need to be the type of person that people want to have. So, I think that's it.
1: Well, this has been an hour's worth of bars with the Inga Willis. And that was this week's episode with Inga Willis. She's dope, I told y'all. Like, I mean, she ain't songwriting, She's out here ceo If she ain't ceo she's public speaking. If she's not public speaking, she's making deals. If she ain't making deals, she's serving the community. And if she ain't serving the community, she's inspiring other people like myself and hopefully like many of you all that listen to this podcast. Um, I hope you guys got something out of it. Again, she's a really dope person. Like, she's super dope. And, again, it, it was truly an honor. So, that being said, if you need to get in touch with Inga for any reason, I will leave – the information on how to reach her in the show notes. All you got to do is go back to your SoundCloud, Google Play Music, or Apple Podcast page, and you can find her Instagram account her website, et cetera. Um, she also has an interesting series. I think it's pretty cool. It's called Mogul Mondays, and she does that and gives great advice in terms of managing the aspects of the journey we go through, and it can be applied personally as well as professionally. And when I say, Inga, give it to you straight, she gives it to you straight shot. So if you're, again, interested, again, interested in more God's wisdom, you can definitely check out her Instagram account. At that Again, I'm going to have that on the show notes. But definitely, like, you know, get into her. Like, she's dope. If you want to find me, you can do so at spiritualhomegirl.com. The website's still under construction. After two years, like I said earlier, it's just time for change. Um, it's just really interesting that time flies. Like, I can't believe it's, we're coming up on almost two years of this podcast. It's coming up sooner than later. And that website was there since day day one. I won't say day three, but, you know, retrograde had us a little stuck. But <laughs> it's been up since day one. We had some troubles, but, you know, it's been up. And also you can find me on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Spiritual Homegirl. For those who subscribe to the um, podcast, thank you very much. Again, Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, and SoundCloud. And also if you subscribe to the YouTube, you'll see my YouTube tutorials of plant-based food, Every Tuesday at 6 p.m. We are on tutorial number three. So I did the um, mushroom hot wines with lemon pepper sprinkles. That was week one. Week two was red wine, balsamic glazed mushrooms with veggies. That was week two. Week three, we did hella veggie curry um, over quinoa. So I also like expand to drinks and things like that, that I like to make. So definitely subscribe and tap in. I'm also on IGTV. I'm still feeling that out. I mean, as of right now, YouTube wins. But, um, for those who just have to <laughs> stay on I- IG for stuff, I'll go ahead and, um, cause I mean, it's, it's basically shaping up to be a one-stop shop. I get it. You know, it's convenient. So if you want to look at, you know, Instagram, um, uh, videos on IGTV, I'll probably upload them too. Also for those who subscribe to the tribe letter at spiritualhomegirl.com or by clicking the link in my Instagram bio to do so. Thank you very much. We are also on week three of the tribe letter, which will go out Friday, 11 a.m. East. No, no. Eleven A.M. Pacific, 2 PM Eastern time. And it's basically your weekly dose of inspiration for those who have gotten the tribe letter and have given me your feedback. Thank you very much for those who have received it. If you want certain things to be addressed in the letter, um, let me know so we can, you know, put that into consideration and see how we can better serve you with our letters. Um, I know we've done a lot of things so far. We basically went through um a few things that I've I've mentioned on spiritual home Girl, but in a more a more um Personalized format And that's really what it's about I really want to be able to reach people um, directly So if you haven't signed up for the tribe letter Definitely do so Again at spiritualhomegirl.com As well as the link in my bio on my Instagram If you follow my Instagram So, What is on my heart? Y'all know at the end of every episode There's something that's really on me That I have to kind of speak about People do very foul things I'm not speaking from personal experience right now I'm just speaking as a witness to some things that I've seen over the past couple of weeks. And for whatever reason, and I guess we can go on to motives in this case. Motives say a lot about how a person is. says a lot to character. Yeah, we can listen to how someone speaks. We can listen to, you know, how others speak of them. But that motive will always show you how a person gets down. And... Not all motives are bad; some motives are good. Some motives might be to genuinely see you happy. Some motives might be genuinely to help you succeed. you know, and if people want to offer themselves on that motive to be around, then by all means, what's happening let's let's work let's build you know but the I think the problem lies is when the motive for wanting to um do things. When it's ill and malicious, and it's to manipulate the minds of people or manipulate how people are viewed, that says a lot about how a person operates, more than what any, any, anything, anything ever, anything that's been said, any real advice, any real whatever, anything that has anyone ever done, it can be negated simply and merely by a motive. Like, when you realize that a person is kind of putting themselves out there for gain at your expense or to leverage something at your expense and it's not really a pure relationship or it's not really a pure um, friendship or whatever, whatever it is. It's just more so for clout chasing and name dropping. That's lame. It's lame as hell to me. And that's a bad motive that says a lot about someone's character. Somebody might be cool, it's all get out, but if the motives are shady, they're not, they're not cool at all, actually. Actually, quite lame. I, again, i try not to judge on this platform, but again, if y'all follow me, y'all know I don't let toxic, petty, messy, manip- manipulative stuff get a pass. It doesn't because that's not cool and it's not becoming a people that needs to be better um, people, not only for their own journeys, but for helping other people on the journey. And I feel like when your motives is shit like that, that's not, that's not a, a we mentality. That's a solely me mentality. Now, I understand things happen for self, and that's great. We have certain things that we do for self. But it's a difference when you're constantly getting over on people to big yourself up. You're stepping on the necks and the backs of other people to come up. You're manipulating and, and relating to people and lying to folks and um, harping on their emotions and their vulnerabilities and their insecurities to come up. That's some bullshit to me. And again, like I said, nothing personal is happening to me, but being a witness over the years, um, you know, and even recently to how people will operate in order to get a mission carried out when it, when the motives are ill, it's sad to see, it's pathetic and it's sad to see. And it's sad because, you know, at the end of the day, this doesn't help anyone. Number one, it's a futile effort. It might get a short term gratification piece but it doesn't necessarily help anybody in the long run. And then number two is a stain on our credibility as being decent human beings. Or as a lot of us say, you know, the spirit's having a human experience. It's a stain on the resume, you feel me? And that's not cool. Or as my folks in the Bay say, it's not tight. <laughs> so going back to karma, sometimes we want to be queen, king, karma, you know? And as much as the temptation hangs above our Head to do it because it's easy, or because you already got the ammo, or because you already know how this will go down, and you know that once you serve the karma, it's over. But the thing is sometimes you just gotta let karma do do their thing. You got to. Um What it what did a genius tell me? The visionary said something very, very um profound the other day. He said, something to the effect of Everyone wants vengeance, but not justice. And I sat there and I said, wow, that is fucking genius. Shout out to the visionary. And he's right. Sometimes we get caught up in just wanting vengeance, the extra eye for the eye, the tooth for the tooth, you know, the get back, the tit for the tat, the tap for the tit, whatever. Sometimes we want that so bad, we just for, forget to let things handle themselves the way they need to be handled naturally, organically, you know? the way the universe intends it to, the way things are aligned to be. And as hard as that is, I'm saying all this to say, and again, as a petty, petty princess myself who has put herself in the line of fire at times, even trying to be queen karma, it's not worth it. So, um, and also the cool thing about about that karma is that when it comes back, it always comes back hard. It don't come back in little, no little cute box. It always comes in a, a sucker punch to the face. Or uppercut to the gut, you know? Like, it happens that way. And when that happens, I'm not saying take delight in people's downfall. But just remember, aren't you glad? Or just remember, like, I, I'm so glad that I did not put myself in the cycle of bullshit to end up setting myself up for punishment in the future. I'm glad I let things ride and I sat there and I put my energy towards some shit that needed handling. Or I'm glad I put that energy instead of trying to be king, queen, karma, And hurt someone else. I'm glad I put that on myself. And now this person has to just deal with the consequences. Meanwhile, I'm going to continue to stay in my lane and glow up. Things like that. Things like that are really important when we are on the journey of self-discovery. And and being our best self. At least in my opinion. You know, everything is subjective here. And I, I respect that. But I know for me, a test in my life is knowing when to let people just hand themselves the L. Whether it's directly in my own life or whether it's just watching indirectly as things play out um, as I you know as we all bear witness to each other's journeys in, in some capacity. So quick wrap up. let karma do they thing but in the meantime, always check the motive and if the motive ain't 100 and it don't it doesn't line up 100% with what you have going on if it's not 100% hell yes it might be a hell no dog. Just make sure that you know the ledge and you know who you're dealing with. And if it doesn't feel 100% right, do not do it. Do not align yourself with people that you're not 100% click with. Don't try to force a connection on the strength of leveraging it or trying to, you know, use it in it. Try to get what you can out of it. That shit always comes to the light. And when it comes to the light, you look real foul. It's not cool at all. If you genuinely fool people, just fool with them. You know? And let it happen organically. Let it build. It could be something very special if you truly want that, not for an accolade, not for fame, not for solely a check. It's one thing to do business, nothing to forge a personal connection and then try to leverage it into a check. It's just so many different, you know, so many different examples like a list. But just make sure that whatever you do, please make sure it's pure, please, because when it gets exposed to otherwise, is There's no it's really no coming back from that. And I'm looking at how things are playing out um, even in certain situations online. Once your credibility is shot, and it's shot based on some shit that you confirmed to people, it's not like it's one thing to have an accusation. But once your credibility is shot based on your own hand, it's really hard to, um, to gain the trust of people in the future. So I just wanted to, um, I just wanted to speak on that for a little bit, but that's it, y'all. This has been another episode of the Spiritual Homegirl Podcast. My name is Maria, and remember, trust the journey, trust yourself, and make sure that your intentions and your motives are pure. Peace.